Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as lightworkers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's Your Story, we will focus on real people with killer jobs and talk about how they got where they are today. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. All right, everyone. Good evening. Welcome, welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast. We are back tonight with a very special panel, very near and dear to my heart. Marissa, you know, by association, I guess you could call that as as everything in our lives are. Um, we are here tonight for a very special episode of What's Your Story? Uh, for those who are tuning in for the first time, What's Your Story? is when we interview what we like to call entrepreneurs, people who work for a brand or a company, not necessarily somebody who started their own brand, but or spent most of their career doing that. Um, but tonight we are going to be talking to several of my former colleagues, many of whom I have alluded to, mentioned by name, discussed on pretty much almost every podcast episode we've had so far on an, a very special arc of our podcast called Where Are They Now? So welcome to my dear, dear and old friends, Anna, Stephanie and Blair, who worked with me at Turner, which at that time was the umbrella brand I worked on, um, you know, in the HR and recruiting teams for CNN, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim. I'm just naming brands that most people would have known at that time. Um, Turner Sports, TBS, TNT, True TV. So much has changed at Turner now. But these ladies were my colleagues, bosses and friends um, while I was there from, I believe I was trying to remember the math when I was, I mean, my LinkedIn would be accurate. I, I tell people all the time, keep, make sure your LinkedIn's accurate. I want to say 2007 to 2000. 12, 11 or 12. So a bulk of my HR and recruiting background happened with these girls. So I'm so happy to have you here tonight. Going to have you introduce yourselves in a second. But Marissa, I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that. Sorry, I'm picking my, not actually picking my nose, but I'm like picking the peel. Something felt like it was peeling on my nose because I think I got a little sunburn. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. I'm just picking my nose. Um, Picking my nose the right way. So good evening, everybody. Welcome back. I'm happy to be here. Um, we are walking down memory lane and it is appropriate as this episode is part of our campfire arc of our dream camp initiative, um, which if you have not heard, seen, or enjoyed what we've been promoting as enrichment, because why should the kids only have fun during the summer? This is just a special professional perk to sit down with. Jamie's old colleagues. And as you know, I was the older, wiser sister. So they took care of her when I could not um, for several years uh, where she learned the tricks to the trade that then set us up for success at choice as I was a hot mess express and staffing with no background at all. And my fondest memory of Jamie working in-house in HR at Turner is when she said to me repeatedly that they do not use agencies. So um, <laughs> also I came to that meeting at the time Warner center, 
is it still called that? Time Warner Center? Yeah. On the Upper West, which was like the biggest deal ever that that's where their offices were at that time. And I was on like, I was wearing a boot. I don't know why. One of the casualties of life at that time. (laughs) And I limped there thinking that I would get a job order as my sister works on the team. Nope. Because they had such talented in-house recruitment that they didn't need my help. But guess what? Once I joined choice, once I joined choice, I, I broke that barrier. Right. You understood my, you understood my answer, but I do think for our audience, which is predominantly job seekers, speaking to our old friends pays tribute to who you have in your web professionally and who you've met along the way and how you keep them close is what enriches your personal and professional life as you grow. And also the lessons that you learn that sometimes no, doesn't always have to say no, it could eventually be yes speak volumes. And last but not least, these women are well-connected in the industry, understanding what's happening in this world that we're living in, in a post-COVID, still COVID economy. And they're good people to just have in our Rolodex, which is a very old-fashioned word, to tap into what's happening in the world and hiring and staffing. And you know, for all of you that are interested in making change, or, or learning about a new industry or getting a job in their industry, there are going to be open books tonight. So I think it's a really great opportunity for you to pop an earbud in and listen. And we'll be live on Facebook for the next few minutes. And then we'll be forever on a podcast. So thank you, girls. And seeing you, um, dare I say, all grown up, just makes me <laughs> feel so youthful. <laughs> okay well i would love to introduce everybody and um i think would be cool for our audience to hear you know um first of all your name your current title in life even if it's mommy because some of us that is my title as well i'm mommy as well as other things um i'd love to hear your title you you know where you work now and then just a brief we'll go into your brief history but just a quick one-liner if you want just a quickie to tell our audience, you know, when we, you know, how long you worked for Turner when we were together, if you can remember those years, if you still work there, hint. Um, And then we can dig into, you know, my personal favorite stories as to how you all have met each other and how we met each other and how so much of even our storylines, like I'm looking at your faces and I'm thinking how our storylines could be inspirational to job seekers. I'm just thinking of Blair, which, you know, we'll talk about in just a few minutes about how we found each other. So um, I, I see Steffi first. So Stephanie, if you could just introduce yourself to the audience and your current title and just a little bit about, you know, our time together, but honestly, we can go in, we'll go into all those things as well. And that was kind of you to say it's because you see me first. I know it's because I'm the oldest member of our, <laughs> of our foursome here, but I'm so excited to see still, everybody. Still younger than me, Steph, don't worry. <laughs> I don't think so. We could do the next later. But, um, <laughs> oh, it's so great to see everyone. Jamie, Marissa, thank you so much for inviting us. I'm Steph, Stephanie Cohn, also known as Dr. Steph or Veep, um, depending on where I may have met you in my life. Um, I'm currently at NBC Universal. I'm there just over seven years. I started with a broken toe, which got broken during a mess game. I was not playing. I was just in the stands. And I remember thinking, shit, 
what shoes can I wear my first day? Because I too was limping, I guess, Marissa. I don't think I had a boot, but um, but I'm currently the VP head of talent and leadership development at NBC Universal. So the series is definitely true to my heart. And Turner is my my home away from home. I met all of you lovely ladies there. I met my husband there. I was kind of his HR person, ended up for another session. And I spent 14 wonderful years there, minus 10 months. I went to another company thinking it was greener. On the other side, it wasn't. Our former boss, Elizabeth, who sadly wasn't able to make it tonight, can tell you she supported me leaving. And then 10 months later said, come on back. The 14 years, it was the best place. I, I talk about it all the time as well. I reference you ladies all the time too. And I'll never forget Elizabeth saying, look around, look at each other. This is amazing what you guys have together. And I'm excited to share a little bit more about it tonight. I'm going to cry a few times, I think. Um <laughs> Anna, do you, Anna, can you speak next or do you need to yeah, parent for a moment? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I had to like, my five-year-old was looking for me. <laughs> so, um, hi everyone. My name is Anna Lewis. Um, I am also, uh, oh my God, I started at Turner 2001. Um, I still remember it was August 13th. 2001. And, um, I was there for about 10 years, I believe. And, um, I fell into Turner as an accident. I went, I didn't go in there thinking that I was going to have a career. I went in there looking for a job and, um, I went in for the receptionist job, funny enough at the time. And I'll never forget now Stephanie's current boss, Gina LaRussa, who was also my boss at the time and interviewed me. Um, I went in for the receptionist job and I was so prepared. I was like, so ready to go. And at the time it was Gina and Tim Goodley. Remember they interviewed me and right off the bat, they were like, you know what? Um, we, it's funny because I had two resumes and I decided to use the, the other resume versus the one that I initially went in with. So the secondary resume, the one that I used had some HR in it because my prior experience, I did office manager, receptionist, like a jack of all trades. So I used that one and it kind of helped me because, um, Gina was very candid. She was like, we just filled the receptionist position, but we have an HR assistant that's available if you're interested. And I was like, what? I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but um, <laughs> I need a job. I need a paycheck. I need to pay my rent. So sure, let's do this. And long and behold, I got that. So then fast forward, you know, um, I went through a lot of changes um, in the organization, went through a lot of different people. Um, I was kind of like the singular person left on the team more than once. Um, and then after a couple of executives that had joined our organization, we met Elizabeth Casanas, who unfortunately couldn't be here with us tonight, but, um, you know, she was kind of like our fierce leader and, you know, she really encouraged us to kind of do what we were passionate about. And she really fostered all of our, like, you know, um, strengths. Strengths, exactly. She fostered all of her strengths and she was able to pinpoint what our strengths and weaknesses were. And, you know, she really 
kind of like set us free and said, you know, this is your job. You do it. And if you need me, I'm here. And she really allowed us to kind of be who we were and to kind of figure out what our way was. So, you know, I mean, I have a lot of fond memories at Turner. I've made some amazing friends similar to Steph. I also met my husband there. Um, at the time it was a little faux pas, but okay. We don't talk about that. Um, and you know, that like we, I've met him, that was 20 years ago. Like Jeff and I are going to be, we've completed our 15 year anniversary. We've been together for 20 years. We have three kids. Half the time my house is like an insane asylum. If you ever want to come, please join the crazy. Um, I am currently now a stay at home mom. I've been home now for about 10 years. Um, surprise, I'm still on my two feet. Um, but I now manage my day to day is managing my children. I have a soon to be 13 year old. Yes. He's almost 13. It freaks me out every single time. Um, he's almost, he's five, six. It's crazy. He's taller than me. I have an 11 year old daughter who's 22 and slowly putting me in the grave. And then I have my five-year-old who is my mini twin and is just like, you know, it's crazy because I'm in three different chapters of my life with my children. You know, I have one who's in the middle school, one who's about to go to middle school and one who's entering elementary. So just when I was like getting out, I get sucked back into a world where it's like, okay, but, um, but yeah, so it's, it's been fun. And, um, you know, a lot's going to change for me in the next few months because now I will have all my kids in school and it's a time for me to really sit down and think about what is my future going to look like now that I have three kids back in school. Do I go back to work? Do I stay home? You know, what do I do? So it's going to be an interesting time in my life because, you know, at 41, here I am like starting to figure out like, what do I want to do with my life? You know, the same person, I feel like I am the same person I was when I was 21. Like, what do I want to do with my life now? You know, and then I fell into it by accident and it was a very beautiful accident because it led me into some, you know, phenomenal relationships. It opened so many doors. Um, but here I am again now at 41, like, what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> well, you know, so. thank you for sharing that. Anna, cause I think that is a very relatable vulnerability. Um, especially right now in the, in the moment that we're in, but also because of the moment we're in, it's not as intimidating as it might've been like two years ago. There's a lot of people making change. There's a lot of people coming to a new moment of realization. Uh, uh, Jamie and I are very busy. So I could think of a few things I could give you to do if you're, if you're really resting on your laurels. Um, but I think Send them my way. Yeah, I think yeah. that you you'll be surprised that when you put your mind to it, depending on and I say this to all people, depending on what your parameters or needs are, if you are flexible and fortunate to make a choice that is not monetarily driven, there's a lot of opportunity to change your life. And, right. and post COVID, there's a lot more opportunity to change your life with a monetary need wrapped into it with more flexibility than there ever was. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure these girls can chime in on that. It's just coming from our own vantage point, seeing what our clients are doing, seeing how people are getting in through side doors from freelance, seeing that the, the, the background doesn't necessarily have to match the way it had for the last 10 to 15 years for a lot of things. So mm -hmm. anyways, I think you what you just shared was extremely, extremely insightful. And relatable. So thank you, Anna. And it's not just because we have the same birthday. 
know. Although I'm, old, although I'm older by a bunch. Of <laughs> Fine. Although I have a 12 year old girl for you. Yes, that's right. Yeah. You guys, you guys have, you guys have kids like a couple months apart. Uh, 12 yes. going on that. 40. It, oh God. Yes. Yes. You know, a lot. I think I, I, I just have so much to say, but we'll let Blair introduce herself and then we can dig into some of these amazing stories. Cause I think when I was saying this, even before we got on camera, the storyline of all of these women like intersecting with me and also with each other is so much of what we preach all the time about staying in touch with the people that you meet and being flexible and being open-minded and being a good mentor and a, a good peer and just all the things, which we'll get back to, but I'd love have Blair introduce yourself first, and then we can dig into some of that. Yeah, go ahead, Blair, baby. Thanks, guys. Um, so so happy to be here. It's so nice to see all your faces. Just have the most amazing memories, and nothing honestly will ever compare to the team that we had. Um, and nothing has compared to the team that we had. That's for certain. Um, so I am the lone survivor. I am still with. <laughs> Legacy Turner. We're now Warner Media. We've been through lots of change and more change ahead of us. Um, I'm currently head of people partners, which essentially just means I oversee a bunch of HR teams. Um, and um, I'm currently working on our technology organization as well as our HBO Max organization. And so I have been with the company through tons of change. Um, and I just celebrated 14 years. <laughs> Um, which is <laughs> wild. Uh, can't believe I'm still, I'm still at the company, um, but it's definitely a different organization. So that's helped. Um, and I completely tripped into HR as well. I know Jamie, I was definitely thinking about my story with you and how I got my first job at Turner, uh, which was an HR assistant um, a month after I graduated from college was kind of just looking for a job similar to Anna, um, did not know what HR was until I really started interviewing and talking to people and talking to recruiters and it kind of piqued my interest. Um, and so I completely tripped into HR as well and um, kind of weirdly feel like I fell into my calling. Although it's very interesting, you know, after being, um, you know, in HR for 14 years and now being a mom of two boys, just how that ambition and how that calling kind of shifts and changes, um, you know, in our brains and what that, you know, what that accomplishment and what that, um, you know, success looks like has definitely, um, definitely shifted and is still shifting in my brain as, you know, as I continue my career. So... Hopefully well, I love, I love that. And we're going to talk a little bit before we cut the Facebook feed. I just want to give our audience a little taste. I think we had a couple of people join us that are listening in. So welcome whoever joined us on Zoom. Um, I wanted to just mention a couple of things. So typically at this stage in the interview, we talk about um, what you wanted to be when you grew up, because I think what's super fun and, and we're going to do that. And then we're going to talk just briefly about um, I'd love to just mention the, the ways I met each of you and also share that before we wrap. Cause I think that, you know, for those that don't end up coming to listen to the podcast, even though everyone should, at least everybody on the Facebook feed gets to hear our stories. Um, so would love to hear from each of you because all three of us within reason and actually all five of us, um, all three of you and all five of us have really tripped into what we do. And so much of our career choice has been, 
um, luck and accident and circumstance and coincidence and the universe and all the things that I know we all share in common and believe in. I think, you know, there are certain career paths. We give this advice all the time uh, that are just like that. You know, and you don't necessarily like go to school for what we learned to do. We learned it together. I mean, we all, I mean, Anna learned it legit. That was her schooling. Blair and I learned it together at the very beginning from Steph and people like Steph and Elizabeth, um, you know, and for me, Mary Beth for like one year before I joined you all. And, um, you know, I think that that's so important to share that so much of, especially this career path, wasn't something we went to school for necessarily. Maybe we end up going back to school for it later, but um, would love to hear from all of you, like what your earliest memory was of what you wanted to be when you grew up, because our one of our favorite activities is to correlate a little bit of that answer to what we actually do now um, as caretakers, as women, as HR people. So, um, Steph, if you wanted to start, do you have a what's your earliest memory of what you wanted to be? My earliest memory is I wanted to be a psychologist, like the, you know, the therapist have either I guess I would envision myself laying on a couch because I'm always up for a good nap or probably more appropriately <laughs> I'd be at a desk and the patient, the client would be, would be lying on the couch. I don't know how I knew about a psychologist or where I got it from, although I did see a psychologist as a child, so that very likely could have been how I came up with it. Um, but I... I, uh, and I went to school for psychology, so I had my plan. I was going to do it. I barely made my way through school. And my, my junior year, I decided I wanted to be an eye doctor. It's pretty different. And thankfully, my parents said, especially my mom, who sends her regards, guys. Aww. Aww. So excited to hear we were getting together. She said, you're almost done at school, you may as well finish up with the psych degree, you can always use it. And then you can go back to school. And like the good little girl that I am and was, I listened to her. So I finished, then went back to school for a year as a pre-med major. Before I failed out my second <laughs> semester, I just said, I'm out. I can't do this real science thing. Got to go back to social sciences. And I went to Hofstra to look at their graduate program because I didn't feel I was qualified to have a job. I didn't know what my job would be. And lo and behold, someone said, what about, um, of course, they were very interested in my money. And, but they said, what about um, IO psychology, industrial organizational psychology? And I said, oh, I really like that class, but I got a D in it in undergraduate school. Is that going to be a problem? I talked my way and the money, I guess, helped got in and that set me on a career for HR, which is bringing basically, and my my um, schooling and what I do kind of is, it's the study of human behavior at work. So I got to marry my initial dreams of being a psychologist with wanting to work in corporate America. I'm a people person, I love people. I couldn't imagine myself just having maybe eight people a day come through my couch. I wanted to be around eight, 1,800, 8,000 people. So, yeah, so I pretty much stayed, stayed on track. I haven't, I haven't really looked back. Oh, and by the way, I went back to school again. To become I a doctor. 
nothing better to do. And you guys, I don't know where it is, but I, I have it somewhere, but you guys. Plaque. Plaque. We got her a plaque that said Dr. Stephanie. <laughs> we love you today and always. It was like April 9th, 2019. And I've had it on my desk up until I had to pack up because we had to come work from home. But we are slowly going back to the office. I'll, I'll find it. I love that. <laughs> but yeah. And you guys supported me. You said, get to school. You have a class. Anna, you would say, you have a test. You have to go and study. And you guys were so encouraging. And that's part of the beauty of a network and support. We worked together. We had our jobs to do often Elizabeth work, which I think helped us because we got to learn and do so much. But um, you guys also encouraged me to follow my dreams wasn't finding a guy, so wasn't getting married, wasn't having a kid, but cool it was. And you guys helped foster that for me and helped make it a reality. Dr. Uh, Cohen, I just cried. So. Yeah. I remember um, that plaque. That'll be five hundred dollars, please. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Can I Venmo you on credit? Yeah, right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. No, Anna, for free. Now I'm just I'm gonna insert some um some conversation, I guess, in between each person, because I think it'll be fun. And then we can cut the Facebook feed. Um, so Steph was my first boss at Turner. Actually, Anna, I guess, technically was when I first started. And Steph ended up being my, my main point of contact the whole time I was there. I reported into her for a time, which I've referenced several times. I was the sole recruiter in New York reporting into a team that sat in Atlanta. And I was flying to Atlanta once a month when I had first met Dave ish. And so that was really challenging my relationship, but I loved it so much. And I talk about it all the time and I reference it in my conversations with people because I literally learned the business of what I do with, you know, under Steph's guidance and Anna's for that matter. And, you know, as I've talked about very often and, and talking about where are they now, or I actually almost called this series, this is your life. Cause I really feel like so much of who I am professionally is because of you ladies really. And like, we joke about some of the memories we've shared, but like everything I know about, you know, creating a tracking system or bonuses or just every single Mac thing daddy. I know. Who oh, we don't daddy. oh my God. Literally. Oh my God. Literally Robert every Toggle. single thing. Toggle. Toggling. Oh my God, toggling everything I know how to do on a keyboard. I mean, like literally almost every single thing I know how to do. I learned from these three ladies and Mary Beth, who's going to be on in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and I talk about it all the time. And it's so important to a young job seeker or even somebody like Anna who's thinking about, okay, who do I know if I do want to go back to work? If I think about it, and I know Anna came back to do some consultant work in between yeah. her pregnancies at Turner because she had that relationship to say, knock, knock to Elizabeth, whoever it was at the time, can I come back and contract? And she was able to do that. Um, and so much of who we are professionally is about our relationships. And like, I haven't seen these ladies together in a room in too many years. Um, but we literally, you're, you're watching it live. I mean, this is us like <laughs> really like picking up where we left off. It's like so much of your fabric as a human, but it's also like the, a professional. It's like, the friends, it's like the friends reunion with a little less Botox. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. I, I hope I'm Definitely not Matthew Perry. I'm not Matthew Perry. Shot <laughs> not, not Matthew Perry. Um, I'll be Jennifer for life. But um, so what I was going to say about Stephanie, Stephanie taught me so much about how to be a manager, how to manage my time. It was something that I was always struggling with and how to like 
use a notebook and check things off and be able to like communicate with a client. So much of what Marissa and I use in our day to day with the trackers and Excel came from Stephanie. She was like an Excel guru. She's like, be look uping. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, knows how to like find something in like another place with like a pivot table. Um, so much of literally everything I brought to Marissa and our organization came from Steph. So I'm just so grateful for you, Stephanie, and how you impacted my career. And this was... Don't forget hard coding. Remember merit reports? We needed to code over the... Oh my God. And this is before computers did what they do now. Let's just say that. Um, So... (laughs) We're not that old. (laughs) The the computers even change in a year. But like, we're not that old. But this is like 10 full years ago. And it's still... I reference like those days and things I learned almost every single day. And I think that's such an important thing to share with an audience who listens for these types of career inspiration, you know, tidbits is this is somebody I reported to over 10 years ago. And now I've created my own brands and work now with my sister and no offense, Marissa Blair said that this is like the best team we've ever worked for. And like, I kind of have to agree. I love you, but you're my sibling. Um, I, no offense. <laughs> um, we've had some I good my teams. my team though. isn't listening. <laughs> right. We've had some good teams. We've had some good teams. I, I, haven't, I haven't worked with the team other than you and the people that we've collected since like Anna walked off the plank and turned So like, <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I, totally. I've worked with all the voices in my head for as long as I can remember. Remember, It's no, not I'm that just... lonely, but it's not that populated. So. Um, anyway, okay. So I guess Anna, you can go ahead and share. Oh, actually, did you share next? Your what you wanted to be? No, and you didn't do that. No. Steph did. So what did you? What is your? And oh, I'm sorry to correlate. Obviously, that already connects. I mean, Steph wanted to be a psychologist, psychiatrist, a doctor. She's it's all those things. And I think, but what I can connect, which I th- have a feeling will be Anna and Blair's as well in some capacity. But what I can connect is the desire, innate desire, from a young age to help others. Um, and that's what you do as a mentor, as a boss, as a friend, as a peer, but as an HR person, which is really for those of you that don't know what HR is. A lot of people are like, don't work for an organization that has HR. HR is really the backbone of a company. We are the people who I always say recruiting gets you in the door and HR helps you stay right. They're the people that are your, they are your people. They're your camp counselors. They're your cheerleaders. They're the people that help with your money and your computer and all the things that make your life happy at work. Now, there are certain people at organizations that do those jobs um, that are not with the title HR, whether it's an office manager, sometimes the CFO does that work. They'll outsource recruiting to people like Marissa and I. There's usually, you know, somebody in an organization that is responsible for that kind of infrastructure. And so Stephanie obviously wanted to do that from a young age and how cool to see you accomplish that. And now a doctor for, for that matter. Oh my God. I used to see some of her homework. I'm like, are you sure you want to Oh my God. It's like the books were like, oh my God. This seems Remember like her backpack was bigger than her? Oh my God. Her backpack. Way more backpack. than you. She would also take her computer home every night. It was like 16 <laughs> things and a computer. And it was before like, we're old Blair, sorry, but the computer was not as thin. It was not as thin. No, it was, no, it was a faulty no. one. Oh okay, Anna, what did you want to be when you grew up? So my earliest memories, funny enough, um, and it's funny because I was just saying this to my kids the other day. Um, so I wanted to either be a police officer or I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. Those were my be- my two biggest things. And I didn't either. But I believe that in wanting to do those things, you know, my my beginning was very different. I didn't go to college right away. 
I took a very different path in my life. I decided, you know, 19 to get married. It was very awkward, but whatever. That's a whole nother thing. And, um, you know, I remember coming into Turner, getting the job and like everybody, especially Stephanie at the time, because we were on the same floor on the 37th floor and everybody would be like going out and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm going to go home to my husband. And they were like, who the hell is this lame duck that's sitting in the corner? You know, <laughs> and I was just like, that's me. So anyway, you fast forward. And, um, you know, one of the things that I do remember is that although my career path and even like everything that I did to get me to where I was, you know, it was kind of almost by accident, but I feel like it's not really an accident. I feel like in some ways, everything in life is meant to be because even as I sit here today, like, you know, I bought my house the same day that I started a Turner. Like it's like, to me, dates mean so many di different things. You know, mm -hmm. when I, I worked at, when we moved to the time Warner building, you know, I could face where I got married the first time around every single day, you know, and then my son is his birthday is the same day as my first wedding day. Like, I feel like everything in some ways bigger out, like everything's meant to be in some weird way. And, um, you know, I, I didn't, when I started, in Marissa, don't you think I, Anna should be a numerologist? Maybe that's her next calling. Yes. I'm into that. Is that her I, I, have friends, I have friends in that world too. Just keep yeah. me close. Just yeah, keep me close. Totally. <laughs> totally. So many options. There's so many avenues I could go down, but, um, but you know, and then I think too, like, like in, when I started in HR, you know, at the time I was just, I started off just as an assistant and I was really given certain amount of tasks to do. But, you know, I would say that early on, even Gina, who was my boss, and she wasn't my boss very long because she ended up moving over to CNN. You know, she was very much like, I want you to learn as much as you want. Like, just because your job description says the four different things doesn't mean you can't go outside of that scope. I sat with Steph. I would, you know, see what Steph's doing in the Learning and Development Center. You know, I was always asking questions. Um, everyone that was around, I was always asking questions just to kind of figure out what the whole thing entailed. Because one of the things that our organization was good at, and you'll see that from, unfortunately, we don't have Jen on our group right now, but Jen started in HR and she moved over from human resources to marketing, you know, and she made a whole career out of that where she was able to get her foot through the door and kind of navigate through that. So for me being in human resources, I really, really wasn't sure where that was going to take me. Um, but I would say that towards the end of my career or at the time I was at Turner, you know, as I got promoted, we were given groups and I had a lot, you know, I had to do like, um, a lot of, uh, I'll, I'll never forget. We had to meet a lot with like um, different teams and talk about, you know, when there were issues in or in like different departments and, you know, we had to do a lot of counseling and I believe in human resources. Part of our job is a little bit of everything. I mean, I think we're all like Jack of all trades, you know, we're friends, we're therapists, we're, you know, we, we help with relationships. We help with work, you know, whether it's personal or professional or developmental, um, so in the end of the career, when I was working, I had a lot of, uh, I had to do a lot of firing and I was really nervous. And I remember coming to Steph and being like, this is not my forte. Like, I don't know how to do it. I was, I remember becoming nervous and feeling like not confident in that. But by the end, 
it was like the funnest thing to do. And not because I wanted to fire people, but it was just so <laughs> easy. And it was to the point where everybody's like, they dubbed me the closer because I would just get it done. And I was like, oh my God, like, I don't know if that's a good thing or if that's a bad thing. <laughs> like, where are the folders? Give me the folders. Anna, I need these. Anna, do you I, know what I prepped my those folders was? for her. I prepped those term folders, me and Blair. We're like, you know oh, there's a lot was? of people getting fired today. Hold, hold. Do you know what my out of my office. This is important. Do you know what my nickname was all the years that I worked at Choice before Jamie came in? Don't tell the me closer. the closer. Oh yeah, because she could she could close any client. Not, any nothing, nothing that came my way, I couldn't close it. I couldn't. I convinced. I convinced people to like do. I don't even know what I convinced people to do. And I meant what I said because yes, I was never yes. lying. Right, I yes, was telling right. the truth and I was relatable and honest and authentic and people yes. trusted me and maybe it's a I June 20 closer. It's a June, June 21st. 21st. Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of, I didn't, I didn't mean exactly to interrupt. Birthday twins. Birthday twins. <laughs> you know, I will say this about Anna. So when we first started, I, I, we, jo- I joke about the, uh, the, the latter part of the story, like often, probably once a week, specifically with my dad where when I first started, I sat next to Anna. It was just the two of us and Elizabeth at the time. Stephanie was in the Learning and Development Center. You worked there, but you weren't on our team yet. You were in training and Blair was not there yet, which I'll I'll get to Blair in a second when she speaks. But Anna and I sat next to each other. She took me under her wing day one. I think I like found out it was your birthday like that, like that you were my sister's birthday twin. I'm like, this girl's gonna, she's gonna get me. We're gonna get along. She's like my sister. And we were just like instantly connected like it was like serendipitous and we sat next to each other that way for I forget how long until they moved me because I was too loud which is something <laughs> they, shushed that we, they shushed me which for those that know me personally or professionally is the only thing I don't like to be is shushed and I remember at the time I remember called my dad and he references this story all the time because it's like when I was in like sophomore year of high school and got cut from the play I'm like they cut me um like Years later, I'm like, they moved me. I'm too loud. Um, And here I am using my voice and my volume to inspire others. So like I tell people all the time, sometimes your Achilles heel ends up being your biggest strength. My Achilles heel, my kind of insecurity, and I'm going to get, you know, emotional about it even now. I'm 40 years old. One of my biggest insecurities is my volume and the tone of my voice, because it's something that I can't hear. So people are like, she's so loud. I'm like, am I? I don't even know. But Anna and I were equal. So we were like, she was like one in though. So she was like, had a barrier between her and the person that complained about me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Anna's just as loud as me. Come on. She's Spanish and loud. She's speaking 40 languages, yelling at her, like whomever. She's her mother, or brother on the phone. So I got moved. And here I am, like whatever this is, 15 years later, being able to say to an audience, my voice and my volume ended up getting me where I am now. So I, I think it's just a really, and Anna was such an integral part of that because she just embraced me for who I was from the very beginning and taught me almost everything I know about Turner. And silver and lining, I'm not sitting in the same box anymore every day trying to make a call while you're on the phone. <laughs> totally. Now Here I'm in a I am. different box. Now I'm in my bedroom making those calls. Um, <laughs> but as a recruiter, let's be honest, I'm like, I was on the phone like all day. So all it was very day. hard. Really hard they to be quiet. They should have just given you an office, Jamie. They should have just Duh. given you an office. <laughs> said Duh, that from the beginning. I'm like, I should have nothing to do with my title. Give me it. Well, you know, I need funny, it. It's funny, Jamie, because like I, I, I'm super loud, obviously. I mean, I've always been loud. I don't know. And I, my daughter plays softball and, you know, she was on a tournament team and all this other stuff. And we just had our final game last Thursday. 
And it was the funniest thing to watch because I was like by myself with like the other team, which are like an elite team in the middle. I was like clustered in with these parents and I was screaming so loud. I almost got kicked out of the game. I rattled their coaches and this coach is like, who's that parent over there screaming? She keeps screaming over me. They're affecting our players. And I'm like, yes. I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, so we didn't win. But it was so funny. And it went around like all the parents were like, oh, my God, like that was so amazing. And I'm like, listen, I'm here to win. I have a competitive spirit. Like my daughter and her team, like if my, you know, I'm here to support her. And unless she, if she is not embarrassed, so what? And all the other parents are like, oh, my God, like that's so amazing. But like sometimes what you would think, you know, meanwhile, my son is like, oh my God, mom, what's wrong? Oh my God, she's so embarrassing. Like, yeah, that's like my son. I just think I think that, you know, leaning into your to your I guess idiosyncrasies, especially as you get older in your career and your professional life, personal life. Sometimes, and Marissa and I talk about this all the time. We're actually doing a workshop on it tomorrow, identifying your superpowers. One of my superpowers is that I'm loud and I'm proud of it. And I'm loud. I stick up for what I believe in. I cheer on the people I love. I, I also, if I like a brand or a product, you know about it. It's who I am. That's what I've always been. And so to shush me in my twenties, I think has really become who I am. You should invite the shusher onto the podcast. And she ended really up being a there. good friend of mine later in, in my career. So it ended up working itself out. And I'm just See, that's happy. What, that just goes to show you, you forgave him professionally. It was a woman. I, I and, have not. I have not. Yes. I hold a grudge. <laughs> but I'm so glad that you have. I'm so still mad to correlate, at To correlate Anna wanting to be a police officer and a teacher, obviously, again, wanting to help others. And um, as if I'm going to go really far with it, is police officers, you know, hold you to the law. Mm-hmm. And so much of HR is the rule following layer. Yep. And so much of HR is what's allowed and what's not allowed and what's against, quote, the rules at a company. And I think Anna was, I mean, for me at least, was so much the institutional knowledge that she had about our organization and like, wait, is this kosher? Like, are we allowed to do this? Like, who's in charge of that? And like, Anna's like, I got you, I got you. Like, she was like directing traffic, like a police officer, like all day, right? She's like, this person, don't go that way. Just delete, remember? Yeah. She just yeah, delete. 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 delete it. Delete. Didn't get it. Shane would be like, oh, we got to call this person back. Nope, shift delete. Nope, nope. we're not calling it back. Went into my spam, um, which I say all the time. That comes from Anna. Sorry, I didn't get it. Um, okay, Blair. So what about you? What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, goodness. Um, a little bit of stuff. Um, I thought I wanted to be a therapist. Definitely wanted to help people. I was definitely kind of the connector and problem solver amongst my friends growing up. Um, I was definitely kind of that, that role, um, in my larger group of friends. And so I, 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 I definitely wanted to help people. Um, but also I always wanted to be a mom. Like, I think that I, I didn't really quite remember. I don't really quite remember there being something very specific, but I just knew I wanted to be a mom. Um, and so it's just, it's very interesting how kind of going from helping, wanting to help people kind of naturally doing that in my life. Also this ambition to be a mother. I didn't really have that ambition to be a, you know, corporate executive or be an HR, but I, I definitely knew I wanted something that could help people where I was making a difference. And my dad always still to this day, 
he will look at me and be like, I can't believe you're in corporate America. Like, I can't believe you're in HR. Like, it just, it baffles his mind because growing up, I, I was just so much about the people around me and, and, and fixing things and that nurturer. Maybe that's, that's the right word. Um, but it's, it, you know, it's fascinating how... I fell into HR and Jamie, I'm just going to tell a story because I know you're itching to tell it. Um, but you know, I, I totally tripped into HR and it was by me, you know, I, I wanted a job. I was applying for PR jobs and knew I wanted to live in New York and was kind of, again, like just looking for a, that first job. I didn't really think of it as a career at that point, you know, 23 years old, wanting to live in New York city, you just, you, you, you just want something that's going to pay the cardboard box that you're living in. And um, which nothing ever does, no, which is never. the hardest lesson to learn for every person. Exactly. Um, and I met Jamie when I was interviewing at a PR firm and, uh, you know, just started talking to Jamie with a lot in common. We went to the same college, go blue. We blue. went, we Ming also, in. by the way, Ming Chen is a Wolverine. We like to say ah, almost that. every episode. Nice. Yes. Love that. Um, and just started talking to Jamie about what she was doing. She was a recruiter at the time and she was interviewing me for a PR job. And the best thing that ever happened was me not getting that PR job because what ended up happening was Jamie moved over to Turner and I was asking her questions about what she was doing in HR and how she made that shift. And Jamie called me a few weeks later and said, Hey, we've got an HR assistant um, opening. Would you be interested? And the, honestly, the rest is kind of history. So it really shows you that like the connections you make, um, the people that the, the relationships, the, the things that tie us like studying abroad in Italy, like Michigan, you know, clearly it, you know, forced you, Jamie, to remember me because of those connection points and to call me with that opportunity to come interview. Um, and I, you know, I feel like I am so lucky to have tripped into a career that um, is, I feel like really made for who I am because it's, it's helping people, but it's strategic. It's using my brain. It's, um, you know, as Steph said, you know, being a therapist and, and seeing eight patients a day like that, you know, I've learned so much about myself and I think I would go through a mental breakdown if I was a therapist and hearing all these stories, um, mm -hmm. I couldn't internalize that, but that, that dichotomy of being in corporate America, um, at this big organization, but then also at the end of the day, helping people, um, and, and being a mom at the same time and being able to, 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 you know, my husband always says, he's like, take off your HR hat. Like don't HR me at home because it really is who I am. I mean, being in HR and, um, you know, it's, it's part of me. And I think it's always kind of been a part of me and it, it luckily I just kind of tripped into it. You know, I, Blair, I love Blair's story so much. It's literally like, it's literally like what I tell new grads, it's All a, day. a pillar of our business for many years, Blair, yeah. you went on an interview that you met a person mm -hmm. and that person left the company and remembered you, yep. brought you in for a different interview. Yep. So when people say, especially right now in the world that we're living in, you know, I don't know if I want to go on that interview because I don't want that job. I don't care Always if you want go. that job or not. You don't know Always who you're going to meet there. Yep. Always say yes. And we say all the time, you never know unless you go. Yep. And, and we also say, we say yes. And looking for a full-time job is a full-time job. I don't downplay that. And I also emote to the fact that I don't look for one. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, I preach, but I haven't looked for one in a really long time, but I can empathize and know that it's a prioritizing of time. And when you get an opportunity that you say to yourself, I don't really know if I want to do that in the long haul. Is it worth me going? The answer is yes, yeah. because you might go on the interview and meet someone that's part of your future and you wouldn't have known if you canceled. Yep. So I, I speak your story, which is so authentic and so true, speaks volumes for so many. And it's timeless. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if we can tweet at you or post a story about it or DM you. The real truth is you meet someone in person, whether it's yep. through the screen or not, and you get hired because you're you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's the reason why you get hired for an opportunity. And, and so much of who we are is what we, I say this, this is one of my favorite quotes, but so much of who we are is what we do. And so much of what we do is who we are. And I think, especially in a post COVID climate, we're getting closer and closer to identifying the, the fact that those are two, Absolutely. one in the same, right? Couldn't so agree more. here's somebody The rest who, of the world I, is shaping up to be HR now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and before we wrap this, I know we, we went longer on Facebook because I wanted to get through these. I just want to say one thing about that. You know, I and we talk to a lot of college kids. We do a lot of work with our alma maters. And I think what's really important to share here is I met Blair because she was a pledge of my friend Erica, who's going to be on the podcast in a couple of weeks on another Where Are They Now? And Erica um was my pledge at Michigan in AFI. And, and she was, I was new member educator, which is not shocking. I was pledge mom, which I was like the camp counselor of of AFI, even when I was 19. Mm -hmm. And Erica was that same role for Blair. So I did not know Blair, but she made an impression on Erica and Erica made an impression on me. So I not only didn't know her, she was a friend of a friend. She came in for an interview, made an impression on me. I was leaving the organization and I remembered her. She made an impression on me and I made an impression on her. And so I think what's so important to share is that every single person you meet could be somebody that can help you. So it's just about, especially at that time, if you think about it, it was before LinkedIn. So with LinkedIn, you're now able to connect to these people. You go on an interview with somebody like Blair and you're like, you really liked her, but they didn't hire you, but you connect her anyway. And then Blair leaves and she's hiring and she remembers you. Mm -hmm. Those are, that is what it's all about. And so- People often ask us, like, how do you network? Like, how do you even know? And I'm like, the people that you need, when people are like, oh, I can't get the job there because you need to know someone. I'm like, you do know someone. Mm-hmm. It's on you to know them. Like, you met and them. And to ask for that help. Too. I feel like ask. I was so scared to ask um, Erica at the time. I remember my parents said, use your network. You went to this great school, use it. And I remember reaching out to Erica and it had been a couple of years, obviously, since I didn't even seen her. I remember being nervous to even reach out and ask her for some assistance. It's especially, and this is the last thing we should say and then we should really go away. But it's especially important for Gen Z. We're speaking to you guys. Uh You're, 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 culturally used to and by the way we're all in it we're with you now like we're just as much gen z in a lot of ways because we're all attached to our phones and social media but there's something to be said about the gen z when they're looking for work there's there's they're in their inability to connect or that fear of embarrassment of coming off screen and social media and reaching out for help it's it's the worst i've seen in any of the generations so what you're saying blair which is kind of typical 
people of that time were like, maybe it wasn't your natural personality, which of course now it would be, right? You've grown. Mm -hmm. Um, So we don't change, but we can grow and elevate. We're still inherently ourselves. But culturally, that generation needs to be reminded just because you, you know, it's not like you're not sliding into someone's DMs or being inappropriate by reaching out for connection. You know, it's like, it's like you have to step outside your friend group sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I I just feel like that's important for anybody that has a relatively new grad sitting at home, trying to figure out how to break into a corporate job now. There's, there's, that's, you know, perfect example. That's Blair looking at her network thinking, okay, Erica, I think works in an industry that I'd be interested in. I'm going to reach out to her. And it's not just your parents' friends. It's your old sorority sisters or fraternity brothers or, you know, people that you sat diagonal from in class. Like, where did they go? You know, what are they doing? Yeah. And I think, I think that that's so important. And I think Stephanie can even share, I'm sure and after the break, we'll talk about how Stephanie was able to stay in touch with former bosses that now work where she is now. And, and was able to go back to work at an organization in between her babies. And then maybe who knows, Anna, I'm not putting ideas in your brain, but once these babies are back in school in September, Anna's going to need a job. Every day that we leave with light as the dream catchers, is made possible by our parent company, Partners in Crime, Choice Fashion and Media, Division of Choice Associates, where we've been putting people to work since 1974. So if you're looking for work or you're looking for people to work for you, check us out, www.choicepersonnelinc.com. I think um, what's so inspiring about the things that you guys are saying is it's like literally an example of everything we preach, right? So here's takes a receptionist job that doesn't like, or goes in for a receptionist job and gets something else. Um, You know, Steph who went to school for this and ended up getting into it probably earlier on than most, and then going back to school while doing it and then switching careers within it and also staying in touch with former bosses. I'd love to dig into that a little bit more. And then Blair, who was able to move cross country with an organization and also become a mom at the organization. But when we were first starting, Turner wasn't very friendly to being a working mom. I mean, it was very challenging. And it's funny that you say that because I remember, remember, I was the first one to have a baby on the team and I still remember till this day. And I've had this conversation with Elizabeth in the past, like, you know, Elizabeth was always, and she still is till this day, very much like truthful, raw, like, you know, she's like, you had a baby. Great. You're not the first, you're not the last, like. And no one was really sympathetic to those that were there before who had a baby because the culture wasn't what the culture is today, you know? And, you know, I remember thinking like, Oh, I'll try to see if I can work from home one day a week. And that was like, not something that was cool. You know, it's like, that's not something you talked about because, you know, if they see you as someone who's not going to be there, who's going to be committed, then what? And I remember, for me, it was very different because my mother was the one who was taking care of my kids. So it wasn't like I had someone else who wasn't family. Like, you know, and I say this all the time to my kids, like I could be abuse my mom a little bit more because it's like, I, I need to come home a little bit later. I knew that she was okay with it. What else she's going to do, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. But, um, but had it been someone else, it would be very different. And I was also, it was a time where you had to be there all the time. Like you couldn't miss out because then you're kind we of, didn't, you couldn't dump. get your email. We didn't have any of the flexibility. Yes, we didn't have anything. 
We had it's, nothing. It's fairly incredible if you really think about it. That the world that the generations coming out to work, or, or, or my daughter, yep, because of the sacrifices and because of the the, the stuff that we've all done, mm-hmm. my daughters won't know the difference. Absolutely. My daughters are going to work and they're going to have children and God willing, and they're going to be fulfilled and they're going to be happy and it's going to be normal and it's, it will be accepted along, yep. you know, it's so, so many things that have been a work in progress to normalize. It's so, it's so what I think buttons. you're saying, like, and, and this you know, is not, not one of the ones that gets talked but about. But there's so many things. Yeah. Yes, and I think, and there's I think, so many things. I mean, no, and I think so many things, not, not to interrupt you, Jamie, but to have, to piggyback what you said, Marissa, I think the pandemic too has showed everyone yes. how much a mom can do from home, you know, how you can navigate, you know, homeschooling your kids, you know, putting your kid on a computer, working, taking care of a household and staying together, you know, and for me, no like, one can I do it better than we can. That's oh, true. This is exactly why men can't have babies, but we can. But I say it all <laughs> yeah. the time. It's like, you know, like, like you know, Jeff was home one, like for the entire time at the pandemic and I had to, the kids, you know, so it was hard because it's like he had to go in the kitchen or the dining room. I had one in the kitchen, one in their bedroom and it was a whole shift. But I have to say like, in a lot of ways, also being in HR, you have to multitask, you know, being a mom, it, you know, I think when you are a mom and it, you figure out so many different ways how to do stuff and you can't, I prefer working under pressure. It's how I, I'm not an organized person. Like I always remember Stephanie organized tabs, you know, Jamie always used to have meetings in place and I'm like, <laughs> what are we doing today? Like, it was just, <laughs> that's just how it works. I work better that way. And it drives Jeff crazy because Jeff is a Jamie slash Stephanie. He has spreadsheets. He's very organized. What do we, and I'm just like, Oh, we're doing this. And it's like two hours later, change your plans. And he can't function that way, but I can. And, you know, I think when I've seen it so much, when I saw the numbers of how many mothers had to like stop working because they had to, you know, they had to take pick between their children or their work, you know, and then a lot of organizations noticed that. And they were like, these are people that we really need and we really want. So we're going to make it work, however that may look like. And I remember Bonnie Hammer, she did an interview and it was very interesting because here she was talking about how it was to be a working mom and how all of a sudden, you know, you go from being in an office and running an entire department or an entire organization network. And now you're doing it from like your office at home. And then you have your kids that probably went to college are now home or kids that are home for whatever reason. And you're trying to manage. And she's like, in that interview was interesting because for someone, she was like, when we were coming up, that wasn't something people talked about. You had a baby. Great. And then you moved on. But now it's like, now you get um, celebrated because you have a baby. Now it's like, oh, you need time off. Oh, you want to work from home? God forbid we would have brought it up. It was like, it was like frowned upon to even bring it up. And I remember having that conversation with Blair um, when she was going through it too. And I was like, listen, there's nothing wrong with asking because the worst is not asking and not getting it. The word, you know, it's better to ask and be forgiven than not ask at all. You know, and I remember, and I think, I think that's a great, a great advice for anything that you're looking to do, like to advocate for yourself. You know, Marissa actually is connected. I actually weirdly can fully remember there was one 
There was two girls that did the work share at Turner when we were there, one of which is Marissa's very good friend, Jess Jack Boney. Um, And Alyssa Wolf, I think was her name. And they shared a job. And like one was there Monday through Wednesday and the other was there Wednesday through Friday and they overlapped one day. And that was unheard of. It didn't like exist. Crazy. There wasn't such thing. The dream. And then the dream. I'm going to guess, and Blair, you can talk to this a little bit, not just motherhood, but like, how do you see that the corporate, you know, I'd love both you and Steph to talk a little bit about how you've seen COVID shift, not just working moms, but also because our audience is, you know, diverse, but also just in general, the whole concept of working from home and how successful that can be because Blair has seen it from the beginning where we had very little flexibility. There was no such thing. Even though we worked on a team, Elizabeth was very flexible with us, but like there was very, like our overall HR department was extremely strict. Didn't understand the concept of working from home, very strict on PTO. So I'd love to hear how you think it's shifted, you know, not just at Turner, but in general, especially during COVID. It shifted a lot. I mean, I think, I mean, Steph could speak to it as well, but it's, it's shifted tremendously. I mean, you know, if you think about it, we are, we are, and, and I forget Jamie, I think you, you said it earlier, we are bringing ourselves, our personal lives into work every single day by working remotely. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people have jumped on a call with me and said, Oh, I can see you have kids. Tell me about your kids because their lovely artwork is behind me. Um, and that wouldn't necessarily be the first conversation that I, um, you know, would have with somebody or with an employee. So I think, I think COVID has done a lot of things. It's, it's like I said, it's, it's kind of blurred those lines a little bit between professional and personal because it's had to, um, and also we're home. So, you know, my kids will come up and jump in in meetings. And, you know, I just remember I worked home right when I had my first son, I worked from home on Wednesdays. For, yeah, I work from home on Wednesdays, I think. It might have been half a day. Now I can't even remember. Um, and um, I remember being so um, nervous about like them hearing the baby or, you know, if I was on a phone call that, you know, my nanny at the time that there was quite, you know, it was pure quiet. No one can hear anything. And I was sitting in my bedroom. And um, that's just completely changed because we have to respect that people have different personal lives at home. And, you know, clearly, I think, at least in the media intra- industry, you know, we've proven that we can work from home and that we don't need face-to-face interaction in everything that we do. And I think, frankly, also just in the last, um, you know, year and change with COVID and all this social unrest, it's brought up conversations that we've never had in the workplace either. And so I think the combination of, um, you know, the combination of just being home and and naturally just having to talk about our personal lives and our families, whatever that looks like. Um, but then also just being more transparent as who we are as human beings because of what we've all gone through collectively over the past, you know, year and a half has made the workforce, um, I don't want to say casual, that's probably the wrong word. It's just, it's made the workforce a bit um, more balanced. That's approachable. approachable. Yeah. Balanced, approachable, yeah. balanced, accessible. Um, it was, yeah. I mean, I it was, we used what to go about, into the office about, and it was like human, nine to five, eight to five. Humanized. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Humanized and unified. There's nobody, there's not one human being that escaped what we went through this year. No, absolutely. So it doesn't matter how old you are, how many years of experience you've been through, you know, I mean, Listen, if, if some of these senior level executives had to figure out how to learn Zoom, 
and learn all these things that were outside of their comfort zone. The, the playing field, the emotional playing field was leveled for so many in such okay. a, a crucial, like doctor, doctor, I'm no doctor. Like it, it, it allowed empathy in a way that there's never been before. Empathy for somebody that says, you know what? I've never noticed your struggle, but I understand where you are right now. Stephanie, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, have you seen that shift as far as like what you've even studied? I find that so fascinating. Like Marissa and I talk about this all the time. Like, like my dad, for example, right? Here's a man who is like so old school in his ways, like a total as... Actually, a colleague of ours called him today, Marissa, a Rolodex recruiter, which is such an interesting way, of, which is like just the oldest school way of what we do. And like my dad, if my dad at 74, turning 75 years old, could figure out how to work from home and be on a Zoom, anyone can. And this is a man so, that now got up every single day for seven in the morning in the office because the only thing that happened happened at work in the office. That's it. Yeah. And I think, and finally, finally, even after 10 years for me and 15, 17 for Marissa, my dad understands it now. He like looked at both of us. He's like, oh, now I get it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you can work from home. You can be it successful. Took, like, all your, a, all your files are on your desktop. I'm like, hello. Yeah. Like I've been saying this to you for how many years, but I, I'm sure you've seen a huge shift in that step that even, and you know, in your organization, but just from your background, like how this entire thing has shifted and really leveled the playing field. Like it doesn't matter your level. Um, where like if you're sitting on a phone call with somebody, it's like you're just all one. Yeah. We're, we all have how the same is it going? We all have the same. We all have the same. How, how is it going? Is NBC that. NBC is is coming back to work soon, or what? We are coming plan? back to work. Our CEO um, loves us so much that he made a statement a few months ago now that. Our one of our biggest values is collaboration and creativity, and he really believes that that happens when you're together. And he heard us. They did a bunch of surveys. Do you want to come back? Why not? What are you looking for? And he got on a town hall and said, I know everyone is nervous, and there's a lot of unknowns still, and this is still a few months ago. And by the way, every day, every minute, something changes. So we keep getting closer and closer to what it will be. But a few months ago, he said, we want you back. We want the majority of you back the majority of the, t- of the time. That brought a lot of questions, though. What the hell does that mean? That's so vague. What, um, so we've been working through a lot of different scenarios. And we are pretty decentralized. So I support Ad Sales, of course, supporting Lindsay Acarino's organization, who also talks a lot um, um, all over the place. And often talks about what it was like to have kids back in the day and not have the flexibility. And she was someone we were like, we got to change her before this came. We were like, everyone is looking for flexibility. It's no cost. It'll have greater return on investment if we can give people this flexibility. So it was our goal to change her. I'm not saying because of this, the pandemic happened, but the pandemic came and within a few days, Linda was up and running. And would you believe every day, every day at one o'clock, she came on and did office hours. She was on for an hour talking, emphasizing, sharing what was going on, celebrating her family, celebrating us. Um, 
we were like applauding and celebrating all the our essential workers and our families and everything and it completely leveled the playing field like you guys are saying yeah and this and is somebody who knows linda the this Linda is like behind. literally one of the most powerful women in the ad sales business. I mean, she was that level when we were there and now, and by the way, she was a Turner at the time and now she's at NBC. So you never know who you're going to overlap with and support, especially in our business. Um, so now Stephanie supports her. It sounds mm-hmm. like and yeah. at the time, and we're, you know, we're she getting was ready to at our organization. Yeah. At- Sorry, Jean. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, we're getting ready to explain what the majority of the people, the majority of the time means. Oh, and I was saying we're pretty decentralized. So Linda can pretty much run her division of advertising and partnerships the way she wants to versus streaming Peacock. Everyone should get Peacock versus sports, et cetera. So we're pretty decentralized. And um, it's it's been amazing. We've had a lot of people ask for flexibility and just, I guess, talk to us more. We were always seen as, oh, we don't want to talk to them. They're going to come fire me one day. Um, And now people are calling us saying, can I talk to you about what's going on with my personal situation? And and especially the social unrest, Blair, that you mentioned, that was a huge turning point for the types of conversations people were were having at the time. We were were living in life and death especially in the beginning, we didn't know what this COVID was. There were, there was so much unrest and people were just had to be humans. And I'm just so glad that I got to be part of the solution. Although I was scared as well. Um, by the way, I'm living in the mid Hudson Valley. We moved out of the city last, um, last summer, but our stuff is in storage. Where are you, Steph? One day we're just south of New Paltz in Wallkill, 12589. We have a beautiful house. I garden. Oh, I are gonna go hiking and biking and um it's great. And my husband set up my desk and my light kit, which because it's not just looks, you know. Um, or <laughs> I have a light I have a light as well. I love my ring. Me too. If you can't my shiny face. Yeah. But no, it's, it's been the a, best. It's been an amazing year and we have we've seen we've been able to hire people without ever feeling their presence i have people on my team i have not yet met in person we've also successfully done layoffs through teams and we were able to bring the human experience and help make it help um, people leave with as much dignity as possible and, uh, you yeah. know, I love I love hearing these stories because, I mean, we could talk for three hours, but obviously, as you saw in your prep questions, there's so many that we don't get to talk to always because we end up having these robust, amazing conversations. But to bring it back a little bit to some of the Dreamcatchers questions. Hi. Um, Hi. That's James. Hi, James. James. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I just keep having children. Keep having children. Um, You know, we like to talk a lot on the dream catchers about, you know, inspiration, what keeps us inspired. I think we talked a little bit through that a little bit already. Um, But one of our favorite questions that we always make sure to ask our guests, even when we go on lots of tangents and have all sorts of amazing conversation is what we just alluded to earlier is, is our superpowers, our mantras, the things that keep us going. Right. So here's Anna, now a stay-at-home mom for 10 years who's thinking maybe there could be a change in her future or Blair who's been with the same organization for 
her almost entire career, her entire career at this point. And Steph, who's now been doing the same work now for a different organization for so long. How do we stay inspired? Like what makes us get up every day and keep going and doing the things? And I think during COVID, especially we learned, you know, not, I quote her almost every episode now, my, my girl Glennon, but like, we can do hard things. We all have learned this year that we can do the things, right? The best part about hard days is that they end, right? And we've gotten through them and we can say, I did that. And what's tomorrow going to bring? So, I mean, as Anna alluded to earlier, I mean, this is some of the hardest days we've ever had as moms, right? Or as humans. So I love to share with- In every role, every single role we had, it was the toughest version of it. So I I love to- I, I think love we to all ask came, people. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think we all, all, I think that if, you know, what I said to my kids, especially because, you know, nobody knew what was coming our way and we still don't, right. It's still an unknown in, to some degree, but we were able to come through unscathed to some degree on the other side. And if we can do this, we can do anything. Mm-hmm. We can do anything, you know? And I say that to my kids because, you know, I had to see all different, like you, you had to manage emotions like my kids mental emotional physical being so in so many ways you're pulled in so many different directions because I have to cater to a 13 an 11 and a five-year-old and also to my husband and it's hard because who's catering to me I'm taking care of everybody but if I can do it I need to like we need to just come together and it's where your village comes to place right this is where you you lean into your village because my you know, my mom friends have been my savior, you know, and when I worked with you girls, it was the same thing. You know, one of the things that was so important was coming to work. And the first 30 minutes before work, what did we do? We gabbed about what we did the night before and how we were able to make it, you know, and I think that's the hard part is that when you have a community that becomes your family, you can do anything. I agree. I think lean into your village. What a good mantra, Anna. Like, I don't know if that was what you meant to say, but I'm going to make it your mantra. (laughs) Lean into your village. Blair, do you have a mantra that you say or anything that you tell your team or like yourself or your peers? Like, I mean, we can do hard things has become my mantra, I think. Yeah. Um, You know, it's funny because going back to, you know, thinking about this team and starting my career with this team that really shaped who I am as a person, as well as a professional, Mm -hmm. um, always go back to um, something that Elizabeth said to me way at the beginning of my career, which is we're not doing brain surgery. Um, I think that that is, um, something that so I go true. back to She used to say it all the time. She's like, yep. this is not brain surgery. Regardless of what you're doing, as long as you're not a brain surgeon, um, you know, we need to remind ourselves that this is a job. And as much as we put a ton of our passion in ourselves in our job, it's still a job. And there are so many more things that are important than, um, than, than, you know, what we do on a day-to-day basis, uh, for work. So that is something that definitely keeps me going. Um, especially with all the hardships over the last year and a half. Um, and I think just, you know, literally taking for me, uh, taking it day by day. Um, I think sometimes, especially when we're young and, and more junior in our career, we are so eager to get that next title, to get that more money to, you know, just continue to move up in an organization. And I think sometimes we just have to realize and, and stop that 
this is a day by day journey. I know, what do they say? It's like, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, but it's true. And I think that for me, what kind of kept me motivated and engaged over the last year and a half, although I'll be honest, it has not been easy at all, um, at all. Um, and so I've definitely had those days where I've canceled those 8am meetings because I just personally and mentally can't do it couldn't do it. And you know what? Those are the things that really got me through that day or through that week. And so those are things that I tell my team, which is we're not doing brain surgery. Let's take it day by day. I always like to joke around with my team and say, happy Thursday, happy Wednesday, because every day literally is getting through that day, especially with everything going on in our world um, is, is an accomplishment. So for me, I agree with Anna using my, my village. Um, and, and I think the biggest thing for me too, is um, just listening to it's really easy. And, and Jamie and I, we still, we have been, it's so easy to, um, you know, kind of get just um, taking care of ourselves and do work for us. Like for me, canceling that meeting, I told my team, you know, my impressionable team, I told them, hopefully you guys can hear me. My internet's being funky, but I told my we team. We can still hear you. Okay, great. Um, I told them I canceled a meeting. I had no good reason to cancel it. I didn't have a conflict. I didn't have to take my kid to camp or school. That doesn't work I for just me. mentally... <laughs> Yeah, I I just needed that morning um, and I needed that time for myself. And you know what? Nothing broke and it was all okay. And so those little, for me, you kept really it awesome. real. You were being real and honest. And yeah, honestly, yeah. I think that one of the things and, you know, um, Jamie, you just turned 40. You know, Steph, you're still 40. Um, Marissa, <laughs> like one of the things that I will say <laughs> that the older that I've gotten, the less I give a shit, if that makes sense, you know, and like, pardon my French, but I tell my kids, like, just be who you are. And like, you know, uh, what is that one thing I tell my kids all the time? It's like, mean what you say and say what you mean. I tell them that all the time. And it's like, you know, you have to be your authentic self. And one of the things Elizabeth always said to us too, not only is this not brain surgery, but anyone here can be replaced and the work will still continue and the job will go on. And that to me had always like stayed in my brain because it's like, how can I stand above the rest? How can I make myself look a little different? You know, what can I bring differently to the table? Um, what is it that I can do? But at the same time, it's like Blair, your team probably respects you even more because you because were she, led with, she was leading with light. She was leading with light. That's 100%. all the time. Lead with light. And yep. honestly, being your authentic self, and, and I think it is more acceptable. I think a lot of our longer, younger listeners and younger audience will say to us things like, how do you get the courage to like say that? Like, I can't do it at 8 a.m. And I think one of the things that this year has well, taught us. Well, to be fair, we say that we can't just hold on, everybody. We're doing, we're, she had a moment where she needed to cancel. It's not, she didn't cancel it because she wanted to go to Pilates. Right. So, <laughs> now, granted, he might have gone okay to Pilates. Too. We don't know. That's okay too. Do you? We, we, <laughs> we're saying we're not abusing our authentic privileges. There's still right. a professionalism to and decorum and respect where everybody has needs and your needs do not supersede everyone else's. And that's 
something that, that being authentic and not being afraid to speak your truth is super important. Also knowing your place and your, your place alongside your colleagues and not putting your energy louder than anyone else's energy is also something to be mindful of, especially since now we're all loose cannons. So I just want to say one thing to you, Blair, because I say it's not rocket science or brain surgery all the time. But one day, <laughs> and Jamie and I just talked about this. One of my professional highlights is when I was brought in to speak okay, to a group of retiring brain surgeons <laughs> <laughs> about what they wanted to do next. Wow. Yes. Okay. Versus like, at least it's I, not I, brain surgery. <laughs> I just want you to know my joke. Like, yeah, horrible joke. Crickets. <laughs> I was like, I guess brain surgeons don't think brain surgeon jokes are funny. Um, and I remember, I remember know, trying to like, put it back in, but I'm standing in literally, it had to have been 60 people in like neuroscience at, at you know, Mount Sinai. And it was five years ago and I'm speaking to them about how they're going to go into administration or, or teach. And I'm like, I am, I am really over qualified my to give this conversation, but like not to you guys. But like, again, you realize that a brain surgeon, when they're done, you know, getting in there and doing whatever it is that they do, thank God, I don't, I don't want to meet any of them, but like, they might want to open a taco stand too. I mean, who knows? Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody has desires or everybody has different dreams. I just think it's funny because they always say brain surgery and, you know, there are brain surgeons so, that really? still want change. Yeah. Right. I won't speak to any brain surgeons. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> that story. <laughs> Steph, Steph, do you have a mantra? Mm, I don't think so. Kind of like just try to figure it out one day at a time. It's definitely, I just try to get through this these 24 hours, but nothing comes mind that I I think one day at a time is a really good one because I think especially in HR I mean one of the things I think if you were to ask any of us at any time like one of the our favorite thing about what we do is that every day is different and like Anna's using that skill set now as a mom Steph and Blair still use it Merce and I obviously use it you know it is so true that like there are very there's so many career paths and so many options that you can take And I think if you're listening and you're interested in people and helping others and being solution oriented and being a little bit of a cheerleader and a camp counselor and a rule follower and all the things we've described, you know, one of the exercises that we do often, which we don't have time to do tonight, um, is who you are in your group of friends, which Blair did not realize as she may have read my questions, but said, you know, who are you in your group of friends? It's like, she was a nurturer, right? But at any yeah. age, and clearly, I'm the rule follower too. Because yeah. I clearly, <laughs> yeah. But even even at any stage of life, if you're if you're a career pivoter now, I think we have a couple people on the line actually that are listening from our web. Marissa, Melissa's here, and Laura, I believe, is here. There's a lot of people who are listener listening and that are pivoters, right? And they're people that are like thinking, you know, they're senior, they're in their third chapter or in their second chapter. Who are you? right? Who are you and your group of friends? So what I'd love to wrap with today, I have two final questions for our, for our, for our panel. One is if you could leave with any piece of advice to a listener, who's a career shifter career, you know, just looking for career inspiration as people who listen to our podcast, um, whether they're in a job they love and they're just looking for a little extra, or they're in a job that they hate and they're trying to figure out what's next, or they're just out of school. If you could give any advice 
to them as an HR professional or a mom or a former HR professional or whatever it is in between, what would that be? You know, and I think, you know, I can start just to kind of like get the ball rolling, but uh, Marissa and I give this advice all the time, but to just be flexible. I mean, I think we touched on this a little bit tonight. Anna, if she was not flexible, she would not have landed where she is or Blair for that matter. She thought she wanted to do PR. That's what she went to school for. So being flexible and open to feedback, conversation, inspiration from others, you might listen to this tonight and be like, I never thought to do HR, but like these women are describing who I am some fundamentally on our team too. See, Stephanie's <laughs> hiring. Me too. Me and too. Blair. Um, <laughs> they're hiring. So, you know, and I think, um, and if you're it, in the web, you know us, and then we can introduce you and you don't have to apply on that black hole. I, that's right. I, and that's, I, that's, that's exactly just off my resume. <laughs> <laughs> so my advice is to be flexible. So does anybody want to add to that? No order. And you can just shout it out whatever you feel like is good advice. I'll add, I kind of touched upon this, but just use your network. Use people that you know. Don't be afraid to reach out to that person that you met two years ago. And again, the worst thing that happens is they say no or they don't respond and big deal, right? So I would just say, put yourself out there. Um, Think about what's important to you. I think especially with the year that we've gone through, um, really prioritize what's important to you in that next career or in that first career move. You know, is it location? Is it environment? Is it your boss, right? I mean, I think Jamie, you always used to say like interviewing is like dating. It's got to go that I always remember that go both ways. And so um, think about what is most important to you. Is it the title? which it shouldn't be, but it's just because we're wise. It's just because right, we're wise. Exactly. Um, you know, I think you just, before going into the job market and talking to people, really think about personally what's important to you in a career and in this job. And it may not be, um, you know, that first job or that, that first pivot and not be um, that dream that you're looking for, but it's going to take you to that next one. And, and obviously you've heard from all of us and we've all kind of taken twists and turns in our careers, even though I have been at the same company for 14 years, I've taken a lot of twists and turns. Um, and so just think again, think about what is important to you personally, um, because we do spend a lot of time at work. I realize we're not on video anymore and I'm doing air quotes <laughs> and also use your people. Um, you know, people are naturally going to want to help you if someone has helped them. So use, um, use, you know, you know, one thing I will say to add to what Jamie and you said, Blair is like, you know, be open, you know, don't quit. Like, don't just give up because we have all at one point been in this situation in our career or in our personal life when things get really hard and it's easy just to walk away and start fresh somewhere else. But we've always said the grass is not always greener. How many people have left Turner and came back because it wasn't, you know, and I think it's also, you know, and I know Jamie used to say this, we used to say this all the time to everyone. Just because you're in one department doesn't mean you can't network outside of your department. Make friends with people. You know, some of the people that I'm still friends with were people that were not even in my department, you know? Um, and it's being like uh, being able to make friends, to network, to um, ask questions. You know, I always think about Jen's 
situation. Jen started in human resources and she saw her passion into marketing and she kind of started asking questions and figuring out how to get in there. And then she pivoted from HR into marketing. She had to start from the ground up and she wasn't afraid. You know, I think it's you have to not be afraid of sometimes going backwards in order to move forward. You know, sometimes you can't look at that paycheck and say, Jesus, I was making this. Now I have to make this. You know, I know a lot of people that had to go backwards in order to move forward. And they're very happy. One of our, because our favorite, one of our favorite quotes, actually, not to interrupt you from Sarah Personette, who actually spoke to our organization last week. She was actually just recently promoted to the head of sales at Twitter um, reporting directly to Jack Dorsey, NBD. Um, we adore her. She's a friend of ours here in Fairhaven and now a very, very dear friend in our web. She said during her podcast with us, she's like, your career should be a jungle gym, not a straight line. So if your career, you know, isn't all over the place and you're jumping this way and sometimes you have to go down the ladder to go back up. Um, it's hard. It's not easy. And sometimes you might have to get a second job to fill in, but if that's your passion, like, for example, Jen Colburn, who used to work for, I forget her married name now, but in my brain, she's always going to be Colburn. Um, she, she wanted to do marketing and didn't even know about that career path necessarily until she supported that group and then learned right. from them and, and then went to work for them and made a career change that way, which is how I got into HR. And everybody that's listened to our podcast knows that story 50 times, but literally that's how I got in is you trip in because you have a conversation with someone and they inspire you in some way. So that's great advice. Just being open, being curious, asking questions. I I would like to, I'd like to wrap on that if I can with a shameless plug. Wait, Stephanie Stephanie didn't say hers. So sorry, Stephanie. All the things that you guys said was beautifully said, flexibility, openness, you never know what, where conversation is going to lead. And I always um, mention to people that you might go in for a job interview, but you might meet your new best friend or a future spouse or, a, you know, just, you never know. So be brave, be bold, put yourself out there, ask questions, write to us on LinkedIn and all those things. It's terrific I to say that. that. And I, I, what I was going to say was two things. One is a hybrid is listen and be patient. So sometimes our hunger and our thirst and our drive is masking anxiety. And if we cannot control the timeline that is set for us to move forward. So I always try to remind people to be patient. And I also, my, my biggest thing, and this is my shameless plug, because I'll be teaching a class about this on August 3rd, is listen to your own intuition. You know what you need to be doing. You know what version of you need, you need to be showing. You have every skill you need. You just have to trust the process. And I think that's really hard because when you are looking for work, there's probably very few things that make you that vulnerable. And it's a really hard process to change. It's a really hard process to pivot. But once you get there, you'll look back and you will get there. You will get there and you'll look back and say, wow, am I glad I took this ride? Um, Because there's nothing that we ever do that's in vain. Even the stuff that's hard. Every single thing we did this last year and a half, I'm thankful for it. I mean, less the gray hair and maybe less five pounds, but I'm thankful for all of the five, maybe like 
maybe not. It's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's fine. We're all here. We're here. Yeah. Um, so we're you know, alive I, and kicking. Yeah, well, we're alive and funny. kicking and well. You know, this is my mantra through this whole pandemic. When people ask me how you doing, I'm like surviving and thriving, surviving and thriving, <laughs> living it's the dream. Living because, the dream. You know what am I going to sit there? What am I going to sit there and be like, oh, it sucked? Yeah. I mean, yes, we all went through something and you just have to be thankful. You know, um, what your takeaway is. I have my family's healthy. Thank God. Knock on wood. You know, we have a roof over our heads. We have food on the table. Like we're golden. We don't need any more, you know? And I tell that to my kids all the time. Like, you know, this was a really hard time. It taught us a lot about all of us, you know, individually together. You know, mm-hmm. there was some too much togetherness. I think we're like, all right, enough, too much togetherness. Um, for some people that was great for us. It was like, whoa, but okay. And, you know, but yeah, we still, we made it through and, you know, um, it, it was a really challenging time for people. And I think it really opened our eyes to what was really important. Yes. Really important. And I'll tell and- you, I'm, I'm, I'm empathing right now. I'm missing the old days for you guys, but yep. I also am failing at looking at all of you in your roles, whatever they're defined as and how much of your old selves you've kept with you and how much of each other you have in you, which I think is really the quintessential point of the web. So I am really, really genuinely humbled and honored to listen to your stories. Um, I think we've we've unpacked quite a bit. I think we've tackled some really important questions of what's happening in the world right now. And I hope that we've warmed think, a few hearts. And I do think what's important to take away from this beyond, of course, staying in touch with people that make impressions on you in your careers is that these girls are hiring. You know, things are OK. We are getting there. Marissa and I are yes. the busiest we've been in 18 months. Um we started this podcast to, to, to create inspiration before COVID and it has helped to inspire others and connect during. So, you know, I appreciate everyone listening tonight. I'm so thankful that you guys were here. I am so, so grateful to our sound partners at a shared universe and our sponsor at choice. And we're just thrilled to be able to tell people's stories. I think right now, um, you know, it is a, and it's an indulgence for a lot of others to, to listen to others speak about their truths. And what a cool, inspiring way to listen to what I would consider, you know, dear friends, but also integral pieces to who I am, tell their stories and how they started and how we all knew each other. And uh, what a cool idea, Marissa. I'm patting ourselves on the back. I love this idea (laughs) of where are they now? Um, So thank you for being here, ladies. And FYI, as you heard, NBC Universal and Warner Media are hiring. Yep. Um, I I don't know if they would use an agency called Choice Associates, (laughs) but I will obviously DM them after this. Um, And I I, I and Anna, who is a very qualified HR woman, may or may not be interested in work in September. September. You'll be hearing me. You know, the Dreamcatchers are going to be signed by Anna. It's good. So I, I love you guys and I, I love you for what you brought to Jamie because in turn, I'm thankful to you for that because I still don't know how to do any of the pivot tables and I'm thankful um, for all of your help. Thank you oh, so much. Thank you guys. Thank you, ladies.